Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Geek Rant, episode 354. No solutions, just problems. Recorded March 24th, 2019, and brought to you by Element OP Productions. ElementOP.com. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to Drive Time Radio for Geeks. I'm your host, Mark, the Sultan of the Soapbox Cockerel. And joining me this week, almost as always, well, it's half the Dream Team is here. Miles is off, as he said last week, uh, watching NASCAR, I believe it is, or Formula One. Some some people going fast and turning left. Uh, but Seth is here with me, the gooey kid Anderson. Hey, Seth, how you doing? Hey, Mark, and uh, welcome to all the fine opiates. We crammed in an extra show just for y'all. Yeah, so we had said last week that we weren't doing a show this week because Miles was out and I was out. Turns out I'm actually out next week, so we this is you could call it a bonus show because we weren't expecting it. Uh, but next week will be the missing show because uh, we have uh, actually uh, bought my family tickets to go see an illusionist. So we're going to go see a magic act. Cool. So next week's show tonight. <laughs> yes, that's that's a John Oliver thing, isn't it? Uh, maybe. Uh, so I just want to jump straight into, um, I took my wife to see Captain Marvel this weekend because she didn't see it last week when I took the kids and she wanted to see it. Um, and this time we went and saw it in IMAX uh, instead of at a, the, the rather smallish theater we went to the first time. I got to say there was no added benefit of IMAX. There's no, uh, there's nothing so stunningly visual that you have to see it uh, in IMAX. Uh, the experience wasn't better. And in fact, um, now that I know the one plot twist was actually pretty boring. I found myself trying to stay awake seeing Captain Marvel the second time. So, you know, I gave it like a six and a half last week. Uh, I may have to downgrade that to a five and a half because I could barely even stay awake during it. Hmm. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I Yeah, this doesn't... I It's with the, uh, it's with the like, Iron Man 2 and 3 for me, so bottom of the barrel marvel movies yeah which isn't aren't bad movies they're just okay right yeah i mean the worst marvel movie so far is a fine movie um right. you know it's way better than aquaman for example the worst marvel movie ever made is way better than aquaman i saw that this week it came out on it was released on digital so we bought it on google play and watched it because my uh, middle child is all into all things superheroes and it was so bad that we were actually mystery science theatering it during the show. Like the, my wife and my two daughters and I, third daughter was completely uninterested, even in seeing Jason Momoa without a shirt on. Uh, we're actually commenting on the show about how terribly bad it was during the show. Uh, it's like at some point we're like, I, I paused it because the dog started going crazier. I don't know something you know that happens in your life, and you know when we paused it, it said like seventy one minutes remaining. We were all like. 71 more minutes really oh so hated hated aquaman man okay i i so enjoyed aquaman i i thought it was the best dc movie in their little universe i thought it was Better the best batman one. um batman superman one no the the um, the first series of Batman, uh, uh, Dark Knight, Dark Knight, not the Batman, but the Dark Knight series. Okay, well, that, that's not in the DCEU. Okay. That was, and okay, the first one was okay, but the, it would it for me that Batman trilogy um, quality and viewability stacks right up there with like the Matrix trilogy. Yeah. So good, mediocre crap. So, uh, no, say so I, I think it's uh, the second one. 
with Heath Ledger was amazing. Um, well, okay, yeah, Heath Ledger was amazing. Okay, yeah. so yeah, but the third one was so bad yeah, it like it tarnishes good. the second yeah. one. So. Now the I actually liked and I've I've defended it before on this show Man of Steel I thought it was a good show I enjoyed it I've I've rewatched it over and over because it's an it's a unique telling of Superman as a first contact story right that I enjoyed um, the others I mean uh, gosh Justice League was so so bad Batman versus Superman just slightly better uh, but you now Aquaman I just couldn't find anything to like about it it was confusing it was it was hard to follow the script was when it wasn't bland it was confusing uh, uh how many times can an, uh, a conversation be interrupted by an explosion no less than four times in this movie was a conversation interrupted by an explosion i mean that's a gag you use once not four times in two hours i like i say i enjoyed the movie all I, right Jason Momoa is is compelling and charismatic, and he was the best thing in a bad movie. Um, I don't know. I I enjoyed it, so it was a very enjoyable movie for me. I I would have to watch it again to say good or bad movie, but it was very enjoyable. So the most enjoyable uh, DCEU movie for me. Um, whereas I would say that Ben Affleck Batman in Batman Superman was just amazing for me i did want to say um you know i had so praised the digital de-aging uh in captain marvel again in imax on the 40 foot screen still uh, almost imperceptible compare that to the digital de-aging in aquaman the first actor, uh, the Aquaman's dad, uh, I remember saying, uh, I said to my kids, I don't know what this guy's face is supposed to look like. I don't know who he is. I went later, and, and later when they showed him, you know, normally, he's like, oh, that guy. He's that guy. He's one of those guys that you know when you see him. But I said, I don't know who this, what this guy's supposed to look like, but he looks like a Muppet. He doesn't even look human the way they've digitally de-aged him. It was so terrible. Okay. Go ahead. Tell I, me I'm wrong. I... Don't know. It's freaking so I Okay. I I will have like I say, I would have to watch it again. Right. So yeah, I it was what a couple months ago when I saw it. I've slept since then. I've just I was I was forever taken by Amber Heard. So she she's my top superhero babe now. All right. Well, I'm in maybe Pretty Redhead is all you need, and that's okay. That's a good show title. Pretty Redhead is all you need. Uh, so you started watching on Amazon something. So I, we'll talk about this, I'm sure, uh, in just a minute. So, But just tell me, what do you think of Jack Ryan on Amazon? Well, I've only seen the first show. Okay. And I really, I thought, I think it's going to be good. Uh, there was a lot of action. You get his... Um, kind of backstory you know of course the original jack ryan novels came out in like the 80s so they have to update it now but they did like there's some really cool scenes um like there's this one scene where it shows his back and his back is all scarred and beat up and stuff and then another scene where his supervisor's reading his file and he was like a marine or something and it was like all redacting he's like holy crap you know maybe i should pay attention to this guy and so they it was kind of cool how they used just a couple of shots to convey a lot of backstory, but I'm really looking forward to it. There was a lot of action. There's some setups, uh, you know, some of the plot devices, you're like, Oh, okay. That, you know, I see what they're about to do. And then they did it. And now they kind of set up the antagonist and I'm waiting for the rest of the series. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. So cheesy plot device number 17 right there. 
Right. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it, you know, I mean, you know, it's coming like into the film. You're like, oh, okay. And, and it works. And, you know, other than, like I say, overall kind of enjoyable. It's, I was surprised like the action scenes because they're, I mean, they look blockbuster movie level. So, you know, a lot of times if you compare a movie battle scene versus a television battle scene, the television isn't, you know, there's not as many explosions. There's not as many people. Uh, It's from a much further distance. So you don't get the detail. I mean, I could, you know, you could have, you could show that on the big screen and I think it would hold up. So. So put some money in it. I I am not a Jack Ryan fan. Uh, I'm not a Tom Clancy fan. Right. Um, I loved, 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 loved Hunt for Red October. One of my top 10 favorite movies of all time. But Jack Ryan was the most boring character in that movie. Um, and I've seen the others, the the Harrison Ford versions and, and whatever, and I was just never taken by it. So I haven't really been super interested in this, but I, I'm willing to give it a try. Um, just, you know, it maybe updating it is, is what it t- needs. Yeah, well, and Miles really liked it. He talked about it yeah. a few weeks ago. So, and actually, it was like, you know, Miles liked this. Let me give it a shot. And so, I think I'm actually going to get to episode two tonight. Right. So, so without Miles here and without a, a real sort of strong impetus to do um, a specific type show, I I, I just want to talk about. And Seth and I have known each other for thirty plus years. Um, and wow. Hundreds of times in those years, we have sat around a living room or a dorm room or a, a, a restaurant table and had- Or a work room. Or, or when we were supposed to be working and, and had conversations uh, about you know just the problems of the world and, and if we were in charge. And that's the title of this one, No Solutions, Just Problems. We, we're not going to have time to get any solutions right now, uh, but we're going to talk about a couple of problems. And one of the ones- um, that is has bothered me and you've heard me f- sit behind this microphone and decry dozens of times the terrible horrible laughable state of what we call journalism in our country today um and i've never been one of those you know uh, let's go back to where we were um you know things things used to be better and and they can be better i'm not a make america great again uh kind of guy uh but i will say that we used to have better journalism than we have today um and it's just it's just i i don't know why it's so terrible um but uh destin uh just uh, i can't remember his last name uh the guy from the smarter everyday channel uh i subscribe to he had a, a video this week and i'll link to it in the show notes called why your newsfeed sucks uh, i encourage you to check that out it's a fairly in-depth i think it's about 14 minutes um uh, a video talking about just what modern particularly online journalism um and there's a line in there that he's talking with uh, an expert in media that that really got me to thinking about sort of the crux of why your why online journalism is so terrible. And so I'm just going to talk about uh, my thoughts there, and then Seth will rebut or agree, and then we'll see what happens from there. But um, the, in anything, you know, how many times over the last couple of years have I used the phrase "pay for what you like"? Because if you don't pay for it, it goes away. Or, or it changes into something that will get paid for. Uh, and we live in a culture where um, nobody wants to pay for anything. And, and I do believe that is unique 
in history. I mean, at least in my armchair historian, I can't read of a time, maybe they just didn't record it, where everyone expected everything to be free, to be given to them, that uh, work is somehow ignoble, that uh, that working is a bad thing to do. Even in the, the, the kings and the patriarchs and the oligarchs, other people worked and work was expected of them. Uh, in a modern America, nobody is, is expected to work. Work is an evil thing, an ignoble thing. If you are a laborer, you're somehow sullied or dirty. I'm, I'm over-exaggerating just to make my point. Um, and then there's the, the paying for things. Nobody wants to pay for anything. I mean, Bernie Sanders made a pretty serious run for president based on you won't have to pay for anything ever. Of course, what he didn't tell you is that you will pay for everything, right? The government will pay for it. Well, where does the government get their money? You. Therefore, you are paying for everything. But the message was free everything. Free college, free everything, free health care. Um, and so pay for what you like has been my mantra over the years to get people to, to it's my little way to try to help people understand that you are responsible to husband, to, to take care of, to manage the things you like. And one way to do that is to pay the people who do the things you like. Uh, we just talked about, you know, Captain Marvel and Aquaman for about nine minutes. Um, those things exist because lots and lots of people like it and they pay for it. And Aquaman was terrible, but there will be a sequel because lots and lots of people paid for it. Pay for what you like. I didn't like it, and I still paid for it, right? But but we still have this thing of, of we don't we don't want to pay for things that don't seem to bring us joy, right? We'll we'll pay for inter- entertainment, we'll pay for an experience, but you know something like healthcare, wow, education, we don't want to pay for that. Journalism, we sure as hell don't want to pay for that, um, and so. The, the modern model for online journalism, um, we'll stay away from television and radio for now, but online journalism is the click, the paper click. So there's an ad on the page, and they get paid per impression. So every person that goes to that page uh, earns them some fraction of a penny. That's it. It's all about the click. Once you get to that page, they're done. There is no incentive to give you quality once you get there. The incentive is to give you a headline that's clickbaitable, that, that you want to click on. That's it. There is no reason to, to, there's no reward for quality journalism. The reward is for headline crafting. And so that's why I think journalism sucks today is because nobody rewards good journalism. There's no money to be made in it. There's no reason to put forth the effort to source your quotes to uh, properly document your sources, to have a cogent argument from both sides of an issue. There's no reason for that. There's no reward for that. And so what we have today is just crappy clickbait, and it's never going to get any better because there's no incentive for it to get better. Once you've landed on the page, they're done. What do you think, Seth? Well, I mean, you are totally right. Um, There are several factors that have led up to this. Um, Number one, just the absolute ease of uh, of the ability to call something journalism that isn't there. And, you know, part of it, I got to call BS because most of what is sullies the news feed and pollutes electrons uh, on today's interwebs is not journalism. 
It's greed, um, perverted capitalism under the guise of journalism, where the object isn't to provide information. The object is to inflame people and to make money. Um, I listened to a podcast, um, you know, a couple of years ago, we did a, hey, these are the podcasts I listen to, and people reply back with ones they listen to. And so I picked up a soft rep radio and one of the authors on there, and he laments this fact as well. He's like, you know, look, I put... I put weeks of effort over this story and, you know, I put it in, it's in depth, it's not pulling any punches, it's telling the truth and there's 500, I get 500 reads. You know, somebody puts a picture of Kim Kardashian on some random random generated text and there's 10,000 likes in a minute. So it becomes so easy to click something and we don't want to spend the energy because we've taught, we have been taught that the object of life is to take it easy and you only do as much effort as is required to get you to a place to take it easy and that's at a job or something you know sacrifice for personal gain who has time for that i gotta you know and so read a story think evaluate is this truth or is this fiction who said this Ooh, hey that's something i think i agree with click well, because I agreed with it once, now all of a sudden here comes a tidal wave. So there's a lot of truth in what you say. Companies, and there are very few news organizations, they are companies trying to make money. And some of the companies that try to make money do that by presenting random facts that they hope people will share. And that's what passes for journalism these days. So the issue is lazy people. And because we're lazy, we aren't going to take the time. We're just going to click what's there. And then, you know, oh, well, hey, how, how am I supposed to know? So. Yeah, so you bring up an interesting point. The the, the currency today, I, I said it was the click. I think you're more onto it. The currency isn't the click, it's the share. Um, right. So let's go back 200 years uh, in this country. It's now 1819, and I'm running a small... Uh, a newspaper uh, in a western town right let's call it the uh, the desert gulch gazette um, my goal is to get people to buy the newspaper so i'm i'm okay with playing fast and loose with the truth uh, we're 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 out here in the middle of wyoming and um i can kind of write whatever i want to write and the local story is king uh so i can talk about mrs uh, mcgillicuddy and how uh, she was seen uh hanging out with mr johnson far too long uh, after the church social last sunday and that that gets people to buy it so my my previous is the incentive is to to create something that people will read so we've always had tabloid journalism we've always had crap stories we've always had lies in the press uh because you know sadly lies often sell better than the truth so when i said that uh, journalism has been better in the past than it is today um that there is it is definitely true that printing of lies for value uh is a as a time-honored tradition as long as there's been uh, the the um, accessible printing press, there has been the practice of printing lies for value. But the value is in the thing that you write. The objective is to get something to, to write something that people want to read. And interestingly, in that model, sharing is wrong. Sharing is bad. Every time I share a newspaper with somebody, that's a sale I didn't make. Uh, and that's where the whole knowledge, the, the concept of copyright came from. Sharing is bad. Don't share go purchase your own copy 
and sometimes, you know, we would we would do uh, going back to newspapers. There was the concept of the extra, right? Instead of the daily, here in the middle of the day, it was something so big it can't wait till tomorrow. We'll do an extra. Um, that that has been amped up on steroids to the point now that the extra is the story. It's not one one story a day. It's not one publication a day. BuzzFeed doesn't write one good, well-crafted article a day. They write dozens of articles an hour um, because it's it's disposable. It's not about the content. It's about the share. So we've, we've switched around now where the share is the thing. So if I can write something, if I can write a headline where people will share it first and read it second, that's the goldmine. And, and that's what we have. We've created a generation of people who have been programmed to share first and read second, if at all. As long as the headline buttresses what I believe, I will share that sucker. I may and, never read it. Right. And the thing is, you know, people, they put more in, there's more effort and more thought and more science and more research goes into the headline of a piece than of the actual piece itself. You know, so I am at my job at work, you know, I'm taking calls. So I am sitting in front of the computer when I'm not on a call and I'm all cut. I can't get around anywhere. I'm just sitting in front of the computer waiting for the phone to ring and for me to pick it up and say, you know, this is Seth, may I help you? And so bring up Yahoo, bring up MSN. And what I'm noticing is I'm seeing the same crap content, but under a different headline. Yes. And so, and so, but the headline is designed to make, and then there's a little picture thumbnail that is, it's not the story, but it's close enough to the story that you can't call BS. You can just call B. And um, so, you know, the issue is it, just imagine if, if the stories, if as, if as much time, energy, effort, science, and research was put into those stories, man, that would be awesome. But instead, it's like, oh, that looks interesting. It's like, oh, crap. I've, I've seen this exact same story every day this week and under it. And so, you know, it's just awful. And it's awful. And it's awful. And we like it. And the algorithms. Oh, oh you. I remember. I used to love yahoo and msn has a good general picture you know this is just your general window into the world so there's some stuff about you know tmz celebrity fodder and then there's some stuff about money and then there's some world news and then there's some local stuff and then it was always this thing and you know occasionally i like to read the tmz headlines i don't want to see that every day all the time but once in a while you know oh look hey so and so you know tripped and fell at the airport and here's a stupid video of it okay that, that's cool. I got a few seconds to spare. But now, as you click on that, all of a sudden you see one, that same story keep popping back up, and two other things. And now I lose this broad. I, I, I like have all these tentacles. It's like, I want a little bit of that and a little bit of that and some of that and give me a little bit of that. And then I want to turn around and grab this totally random thing over here. But the internet says, oh, you clicked on A. So let me give you AA and AAAAA and AAA. You never clicked on B. I'm not even going to offer it to you anymore. And so uh, it's, it's, it's sad. So last Saturday, um, we were scrolling through uh i believe it's amazon actually uh, amazon prime uh family was all gathered around lazy saturday uh by last Saturday, i mean yesterday uh we, we were gathered around and uh i stumbled on the rifleman the old chuck connor's 
uh, yes. TV show. And I said to my 10 year old, I used to love this when I was, when, when I was your age, it was a rerun then, but it was on like uh, channel 27 UHF out of Dallas. It was on all day, every day on Saturdays and Sundays. They just ran this thing for, I was on in, let's watch a few episodes and see if you like it. And so I dialed it up and, um, and we were watching it, and my wife came in the room and was like, oh, that's Chuck Connors. Did he ever do anything else after this? I said, well, he was in that show called Branded, uh, where it uh, was about uh, uh, a guy who was uh, from the Civil War and was branded as a deserter. Uh, and then she said, well, was that before or after this? I said, well, I think I remember that being in color. So I, I went to the internet. But you know what I did first? First, I opened a Chrome Incognito browser, because I don't want to see news feeds for the next six months about Chuck Connors and the Rifleman. And that's exactly what will happen. If I, if I do this search on Chuck Connors and then I start following a thread about that and I start looking at uh, uh, different things, uh, I know that my newsfeed is going to be polluted with, with that one search. So I have started using uh, Chrome Incognito or, or uh, Firefox private browsing, both of those, as defenses to try to keep my newsfeed clean. I shouldn't have to do that, but it is because um, there are so few signals to go on that once you give them one, Seth, to your point, once you give them one signal, they will drown you with that one signal. My my news feed right now has things in it that I care nothing about because I did a search once. Like uh, I was around Christmas time, I was looking at the new Xiaomi Mi Bands. Um, and now here it is three months later. I still every day get at least two articles about Xiaomi or about the Mi Band 4. I don't need them. I don't care about them. I bought the thing for my kids. I was done. I was just checking them out. That was it. Um, but it, this this whole ancillary thing of not only is your news crappy, but the news delivery source is is geared toward bringing you garbage on a regular basis. Yeah, and I can't sign in to the browser at work. I mean, I don't want to because I don't want to see at home feeds for intraoral cameras and x-ray devices and medical practice management software, you know. So I just, you know, have that stuff at work and this is at home. And if I have to work from home, you bet I am remoting into my system and doing those searches there because, yeah, it, it pollutes it and you're drowning in this cacophony of crap, that's I love that phrase when I came up with it. That, that's my favorite phrase, I think. That it's just and it it's like you're in this room and you say something and it never goes away. It just echoes around and you keep hearing it forever. And you say something else and then they're jumbling in there and hitting and the original never goes away. It like it's like a virus. The entire internet is a virus. Maybe and here's my tinfoil hat. It's aliens who are corrupting the algorithms to drive us insane and make us ready to welcome our alien overlords. Agent Smith in the Matrix was right. We are the virus. Uh, so I'm looking at my Google News Feed right now, and it's not even the top story. It's about eight stories down is an article from uh, the New York uh, Times says Mueller finds no Trump Russia conspiracy, but stops short of exonerating President on obstruction. Um, I'm scared to click on that. I may read this article, but I will do it in a private browsing tab because I know that if I read this, I will get all the the pro Trump conspiracy stuff or all the anti my my entire newsfeed will be nothing but Trump if I click on this thing right now. I shouldn't be scared to click on a news article. 
but that's the current state of journalism in the world today. Now, I can almost assure you that this article is going to be a heavy anti-Trump um, bias because it's the New York Times, and that has been their consistent position since before Trump was president. Everything that is anti-Trump. So they're going to hit that butt stop short of exonerating. That's going to be 80% of the article. I know that without even reading it. But I do trust the New York Times to at least feed me something that's been somewhat researched. Uh, but there aren't many things anymore that I trust as a, as a uh, credible news source. Yeah. And, you know, and even then, how many times have we seen major news publications busted for lack of fact checking? So, you know, it's not about journalistic integrity. It's to so you get the headline and you get the clicks because if you don't, someone else will. Right. And whoever really is a zero sum game. Yeah. Whoever got there first won. It's the same reason that people put out crappy IOT things with negative security you can't even bring them in your home because you've made your home more accessible to you know bored russian teens and the chinese military state you know if if you follow those line of thoughts so you can't i mean it doesn't matter hey let can can we do 10 can we take five seconds to google this and see if the names are even spelled right nope can't do it gotta publish right now and you're like thanks world so, you know, show title, no solutions, just problems. Is there a fix for this? The hypothetically, yes, but in practice, no, because the well-informed, disciplined person who takes the time to evaluate, well, one, who knows what logic is and who knows what rational thought is and at least wants to try to do it once in a while there the, those are becoming fewer and far between and they've almost reached mythological status because you can go days or weeks or months without seeing them so a return to those kind of values would curb this but again it's 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 worse than the tyranny of the default it's just you know you can only dig through the crap so much before you give up and that's kind of what it has degenerated to. Um, and, you know, in the online world, you know, is bad. But you go to you go to cable, quote unquote, news channels and, you know, cable bias uh, programmers is more of what they are. Right wing or left wing. It doesn't matter. It's just there is a fix, but I am afraid people don't want people don't want the cure because it tastes like medicine and it doesn't taste like a candy bar. Because the answer is personal responsibility, and who yep. wants to hear that message? Right. So, which leads me to the second thing I wanted to talk about tonight: uh, personal responsibility in taking care of your own health. Um, I work for a healthcare company. Um, my livelihood is based on. Uh, making sick people well and helping well people stay well. So understand that going into this, I have a bias. Uh, but what got me to thinking about this is uh, my my roof on my house is 25 plus years old. We knew when we bought the house two years ago, almost three now, uh, that it would be time uh, to put a new roof on it soon. Uh, there's nothing wrong with it. It's still fine, but it's, it, you know, it's starting to show its age. Some of the granules are coming off. They're starting to get some holes. We just recently had to patch a leak. It's time. Um, so I have been about the business of getting quotes from people 
you know, I want to get several quotes and and uh, track down these uh, people, find the good companies, uh, and find somebody who can do it right. And um, every person I've called so far has assured me that they can get insurance to pay for this roof, that their guy can find evidence of hail damage or whatever, and their guy uh, can work. They have a special relationship with uh, Allstate, my insurance company. They all have a special. That's that's been a a um, a, a um, consistent thing is that they're all special in their relationship with Allstate, and they're convinced that they're going to get Allstate to pay for my roof. I don't want Allstate to pay for my roof. I don't need Allstate to pay for my roof. It's done its job. It's lasted for 25 years. It's just time for a new roof. And I got to thinking about it. What if what if I called Allstate every time a toilet got backed up? What if I called Allstate every time I wanted to repaint uh, a scratch in the wall? Uh, just uh, last week, I uh, put up some drywall. Let me rephrase that. I paid a guy to put up some drywall where a pipe had burst uh, last year and ruined the wall. Uh, and uh, he came in and put up the thing and, and mudded it. And then I sanded and painted it uh, when, he, when he was done. What if I'd filed an insurance claim on that? Um, the, the, the living room carpet needs to be replaced. What if I filed an insurance claim on that? That would be ridiculous. And, and of course, home insurance doesn't work that way. Let's go to auto insurance. What if I uh, filed an insurance claim every time I had an oil change? What if I filed an insurance claim every time I needed to get my tires rotated? What if I filed an insurance claim every time I needed new windshield wipers? The auto industry isn't designed, the auto insurance industry isn't designed around that. And, and pe- frankly, people would think it's stupid. The insurance agent would look at me like I'm a moron for filing a claim on the 1999 oil change. Healthcare, on the other hand, health insurance is expected to pay for every bit of routine maintenance on your body. You go for an annual physical, file an insurance claim. You get a flu shot, file an insurance claim. My daughter had strep throat this week. She's 10. 10 10-year-olds get strep throat. It's what happens. What did I do? I filed an insurance claim because that's what you do. And it occurred to me that the problem with our healthcare insurance is that we treat healthcare insurance like no other insurance in the world. It's the only insurance. See, insurance is supposed to uh, uh, protect you against the unexpected. A tree falls on your house, puts a hole in your roof. That's an insurance claim. Uh, a pipe bursts and floods your house. That's an insurance claim. Uh, a drunk driver plows into you and totals your car. That's an insurance claim. But only in in um, uh, healthcare, and I'm not I, I'm not going to say only in America. It's it's I think it probably started in Europe and has has moved its way here. The idea that routine maintenance on the human body is an insurance claim is the core cause of all of our quote unquote healthcare problems. So when you go to get uh, um, some uh, roof, say I get Allstate to pay for my roof, what you want to bet the price is higher when Allstate's paying for it than when I'm paying for it, right? Because they don't have to be competitive then. That's why these guys keep telling me, oh, they can get Allstate to pay for it because then they know what Allstate's maximum is and that's how much it costs. If they quote me the Allstate maximum, I'm going to go look somewhere else and I'm going to keep finding a guy. I'm going to be competitive. I'm going to find somebody who can give me at least a lower price or a better quality product for the price. But if it's insurance, competition's out the window. So all of these, the, this broken way that we treat health insurance has created a, a, an a unrealistic pricing structure. And if we continued to do that on every other thing that we have insurance for, we would see the exact same thing. This was sort of my minor epiphany this morning in the shower. Okay. So a couple of things. Number one, 
broad agreement there, but you're looking at this wrong. The insurance company is where the the insurance uh, healthcare monopoly machine is where software companies got their idea of a subscription plan because the insurance companies, they just want your money coming in all the time. And so in order to do that, they have to utilize these services. Uh, And two, if you go to get an oil change, you know, it's 1995. And you know, because you know that going in, if you want your get your carpet done, hey, I need a quote for this. You don't get a quote for going to the doctor. Hey, well, but my uh, my contention is that's a symptom, not a cause, right? Because we put everything through insurance, competition is out the window, and pricing is out. The, we don't know how much it costs to treat you because we haven't had that conversation with your insurance company yet. I think that's a symptom, not a cause. You know, I mean, no, because they don't tell you how much it is going in. Because they don't know. They have to ask the insurance company. No. And then if you say, but what if I pay cash? And then if you pull out green bills, all of a sudden they can knock a lot of crap off and it becomes cheaper than if they file it on the insurance. The thing is, we have accepted, again, this goes back to personal responsibility would cure the problem. Hey, doctor. I'm thinking, you know, my daughter needs her tonsils out. How much does a tonsillectomy cost? Okay, thank you. Hey, Dr. B, uh, how much does it cost for a tonsillectomy? Hey, Dr. C, are y'all having a special on tonsils this week? And if we if we shopped around for insurance or for health services, the way we shot, you know, we'll drive, we'll spend a hundred miles and four hours driving all around town, at least before the internet, and you could do it on your phone, going to all these different stores with our coupons to clip and price match guarantees. You know, we'll spend an extra five dollars in gas to save 10 cents on that fifth thing of toilet paper. But yet when it comes to Healthcare. Oh, I got insurance for that, and just here, whatever you know. And then we don't care because we pay for it up front. So we'll do whatever you want. As you know, you can even you can cut me open and take out my spleen as long as I can watch you know cat videos while you're doing it. And I mean, prove me wrong. Hashtag prove me wrong. So no, but I I think. We're saying the same thing. I agree that that is the problem, but uh, my point is that if we treated all other insurances in the same way we treat health insurance, as that everything was a claim, this exact same thing would be a problem. If nobody thought about how much an oil change costs anymore because insurance is covering it, right? I'll just call Allstate and tell them I had an oil change, um, and my my copay, my deductible on that is uh, is uh, eleven fifty, and doesn't no matter matter where I go, everywhere I get an oil change, my copay is eleven fifty. Um, I've met my uh, my auto insurance deductible for the year because I changed my tires. Uh, I bought a new set of tires. My deductible's uh, five hundred, and the new tires were were six fifty. So I paid five hundred for the tires. I don't pay anything else for routine maintenance for the rest of the year. Uh, I'm going to get new wiper blades every three days. Uh, I'm going to get an oil change every six hundred miles. Um, I, I'm going to get my uh, upholstery replaced because a, a kid uh, uh, spilled lipstick uh, on it. Because I've already met my deductible, it's done. If we treated auto insurance the same way we treat healthcare, the the markets would be exactly the same. We have caused this by our misuse of insurance. Because we wanted it for free. Oh, can I file my insurance on that? Because I already pay for that. And then so, well, yeah, okay. I mean, how much is a doctor's? Well, you get one free doctor's visit. No, you don't. You get an extra hundred bucks taken out of your check. 
you know, for that doctor's visit. And if you didn't, you know, and, and hey, you know, let, let's be honest. I mean, look at me. I'm, I'm a fat man uh, who sits in a chair all day. If I ate better and got up and walked around, you know, I mean, accidents would happen, but I bet you it would be better for me if I did that. If I actually ate vegetables instead of paying extra for my I hate vegetable pills, um, you know, I would probably be healthier, healthier and have more money in my pocket, but I'm too lazy to do that. I'll just take a pill for that. So, uh, you know, but at least I pay for that out of pocket. Um, so, you know, I'm not distributing that cost among people. So, I mean, I, I don't know. I think you are the personal responsibility card is there because we don't even, we don't even want to ask. We, you know, even before insurance was a big deal, there wasn't a, how much is this going to cost? There's, Oh, I need this now. And then, well, once you've done the service, you're, you know, once you've got the service, you're legally required to pay. But if you stop and say, Hey, what, what does this cost? Okay. You know, maybe I broke my leg and it does need to be set, but an extra hour, to find out if it's half the price over there i don't know i think and and that is where the where the model breaks down and i think it's where the abuse came from uh when little timmy is sick uh, you know and it's we're let's go back to 1819 and uh use my same uh, article i'm in desert gulch all right my my kids uh got the consumption uh i i need doc brown to come and treat him now and we'll haggle over price after my child is in is in good shape, so he's given me the medication I need. He's given me the expertise I need, and now I tell him, "Look, I got two pigs and a chicken. Uh, if you can wait till spring when I have five pigs, because these two pigs are going to get busy, I'll give you three of them." Uh, and that's how that worked. But yeah, you have to because medical care is different from everything else in that you often can't wait. You can't save up to pay for uh, you know, antibiotics. It doesn't work that way. Uh, so I think that's what led to the abuse, which I go back to the topic, no solutions, just problems. How do you fix that? How do you fix that? Because there is a world, it is true that the human body breaks and needs emergent attention. And you can't save up for that. So you can save up for an elective surgery. If I if I want to get braces, I can save up for that. But I can't save up for uh, CPR, <laughs> I can't do that. I can't save up for the ambulance ride to the hospital. I can't save up to get a get my broken leg uh, 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 set and casted. Uh, so it is interesting where it's the, it is one of the few places where you have to have the service first. You must. It's a requirement in most cases to have the service first and then worry about how to pay for it. Um, so how, do, how can we be responsible for something? that uh, is so emergent that the normal rules of self-responsibility are often um, thrown out uh, with the baby. I have no get, idea why that fell apart. Sorry. Get, get an itemized bill and see that they charged you $15 per Band-Aid um, and used yeah. one and charged you for a whole box at $300. And you're like, uh, excuse me, here's a box of Band-Aids. Right. You know, and so. Oh, but I like, can't take that. It's It's been opened. The seal is broken. It's no longer um, uh, sterile. Um, you, you can go ahead and take that home with you. Yeah. Here, I'll do Amazon and have it shipped to your loading <laughs> dock. <laughs> but, you know, so, I again, personal responsibility, uh taking control of your life um you know it's our financial february theme continuing on into its second month Uh, so if we if if we were personally responsible 
for what we allowed on our computer, you know, and, and you're taking the step of doing the incognito searches in order to kind of keep your news feed pristine. But again, you're starting to exercise responsibility and you're starting to see fruit of it. You know, if we were responsible and, you know, okay, I'm just going to the doctor's visit and he's going to tell me, you know, to stop eating so much and start moving around some. Okay. That's not an insurance claim. Right. But again, who wants to do that? Because we already have it coming out of our check. We might as well get some use for it. Well, that means more comes out of your check. So you demand more use for it. I, you know, I shouldn't have to pay for aspirin at the drugstore because I have insurance. I exactly. shouldn't have, yeah. you know, I shouldn't have to pay for toothpaste because I have dental. So uh, the, that, the same thing, it's interesting in my own family, I have two examples that happened just you know six days apart. I fell and broke a rib and my youngest daughter got a bacterial infection um one of those must be treated the other one not i have not gone to see a doctor about my broken rib i took the personal responsibility to do the research you know i I made sure i didn't have a punctured lung Uh, i made sure i wasn't bleeding internally right and and um sure there are tests that a doctor could have done but the risk was low for me taking a wait and see approach to that um right you know, I checked to make sure my stool wasn't black, you know, the, one of the classic signs of, of bleeding internally. Uh, so there are things I haven't seen a doctor because I know it's a broken rib, right? And uh, experience of people in my life is a broken rib. And, uh, you know, Google um, will tell you that uh, the, uh, the treatment for a broken rib is just wait, wait it out. You're going to hurt for a while uh, and then you'll feel better. And that's how you treat a broken rib. Um, on the other hand, my daughter, uh, who is never, never complains about anything, um, went to the nurse at school on Friday that immediately says my child is very sick. Uh, she had a fever of 102, which is pretty high. So I took her immediately from the school to the doctor's office. So for myself, I have done no medical care for my doctor. I did immediate medical care. Um, both of which were things that that could have been handled very differently. A lot of people, a lot of most people in my situation, when they fell, would have gone immediately to the doctor, had hundreds, maybe thousands of dollars worth of imaging done, x-rays and MRIs, and I'm not faulting the medical profession for doing what, what they're told to do. If I show up and say, I, I've broken a rib, verify that I don't have a punctured lung, it's their job to do that. Um, right. So a lot of people would have done that. Uh, but I didn't. So it's a case of, I made an informed decision and that seems to be the theme of tonight's show. Informed decisions are sort of the magic bullet, but we have, we've lost that skill as a society, as a global society. I'm not even just talking uh, about Americans right now. Um, but it's just interesting in my, in my mind that I had two different scenarios there within a short period of time both of which required a different thing, right? So if my daughter needed the, the antibiotics, uh, otherwise, I mean, the strep throat can kill. It, before antibiotics, strep throat did kill. It used to be right. like a 90% chance you were going to die if you got a strep infection. Uh, now it's you hurt for a couple of days because we have penicillin. Praise God for scientists. Um, but it's two different things there that both of which could have resulted in pretty – tremendous effects had they you know been uh uh, taken to their extreme and so one case insurance in both cases i should say insurance was not necessary i I used my insurance at the doctor's office but i shouldn't have i should have just paid cash for the little strep test and i should have gone to the pharmacy and paid cash 
for the antibiotic. But to the point you paid, uh, uh, made earlier, both of those things would have been five to ten times more expensive had I not used insurance because insurance has right. created a false economy where, where um, competition doesn't matter anymore. Yeah, and I, it's it's hard. I mean, it's hard. Well, you know, and but with the internet, you're kind of getting it back because you can get the prescription there, or you can do the thing online to bypass them, or you know, if you're independently wealthy like Miles, you can take a trip down to Mexico and go. get your prescription. So, do we? We just we don't. Wa- we want the convenience, and you know, we've convenience has really given rise you're paying for that you're paying extra for convenience and you always will and as long as it's a convenient thing to have this money taken out of my check every week you know it's the same reason why everybody buys more phone than they need because oh you know it's just an extra twenty dollars a month and i get a new phone every year for free no you get you paying for that phone every month and uh, fun times yeah so Pay for what you like. Personal responsibility. Those those are the solutions to all the world's problems. Aren't yep. they really? I mean, they pretty much are. Be responsible for your own actions and pay for what you like, and you'll change the world. I think so. That's it. Okay. We actually did have a solution. We said there were no solutions, but we just came up with it. Be, be yeah, a responsible you, adult. Ours is a hypothetical solution <laughs> that on some other planet could possibly work, but I don't know if we if we have the functioning brain mass to implement that in our society anymore. That's an interesting point. Has humanity changed to the point where it is no longer possible to be a responsible human being anymore? Have we have we bred that gene out of us ourselves? And, you know, it's what you said in jest. I've surrendered my higher brain function to Google. You know, mm-hmm. what what you used to say in jest has been proven to be, uh, you know, you were a prophet and you didn't know it. Yeah. Uh, thank you for bringing me down. I, I thought I thought we were feeling pretty positive toward the end of this thing. Um, Just tr- trying to save the show title. Yeah. So these are, uh, these are the kinds of conversa- conversations where people used to tell me, you should have a podcast. Because you you have these conversations with with Seth and with uh, Sean and and with all the people in my real life, um, and so we did. We started a podcast, and nobody cared. It was amazing. <laughs> so Seth, what do you have uh, to no? What happened this week in history? All right. Well, this one is just kind of short and sweet. Mark, I don't know if you realize this, but back on March the twenty second, nineteen ninety three. Intel begins shipping the Pentium chip. And the great thing about this is without this happening, there would not be a Weird Al song called All About the yeah. Pentiums. And, and the Blue Man group, would nobody would have ever heard, heard of them. Right. Yeah. So the Pentium, uh, the name, five it's the 586. So before that, it was the 286, 386, 486. Now the 586 chip. And the Pentium branding was so strong that we kept the Pentium through the 686, 786, 886, 986. We're at like 1486 now. And we finally moved to the i series, the i3, i5, i7. And then that's what I think I heard actually a mention the other day of an i9. I-9? Yeah, yep. that's, a, uh, that's a new thing. Uh, but Pentium was a brand that lasted for at least 20 years. Yeah. In the tech world. Think about that. In the tech world, it lasted 20 years. Wow. It's all about the Pentium, baby. 
It really is. And now what do you have to end our show in style? All right. So this was a website I stumbled across. It's called the worst thing for sale at the worst thing for sale.com. And so on a date, it gives you the worst thing that is for sale on the internet. So like for today, uh, the potato buds that broke them. So Betty Crocker potato buds, you click on that, it'll take you to Amazon and then you can find the reviews. Usually the reviews for things that make the site are pretty bad, but anyway, and it, who knows, maybe you disagree. You can go to the worst thing for sale and then buy it and see if it, actually truly was the worst thing for sale. And I think there's like a random generator because when I clicked on this before, I had a different product. So you can go back in days and look at different days, but it is the worst thing for sale. You know, eh, it's just an entry. I'm trying to clear the palette so I can come <laughs> up with some genius things later. The Martin Luther King loofah. <laughs> I have a queen. Oh, Wow. You can buy a, they offer a pound of fat, you know, and, and it's a, yeah. it's not actual fat, but it's, it's what it would look like. But then people who weighed it was mad that it was only 14 ounces. So, That's funny. uh, yeah. So one, one of the doctor's offices that I work at has one of those sitting on the counter. This, this is a pound of fake fat. Uh, and I think, and, and it's made to look ugly and nasty and, and bulbous. You know what else is a pound of fat? Butter, a box of butter. That's a pound of fat. And it, but it's not nearly as gross looking. And in fact, it's kind of tasty looking. And you think, ooh, I want that. And then you end up not losing the pound of ugly fat. Right. You multiply. All right. So this is the part of the show where I tell you how you can feed back to us. Tell us what's on your mind. You can go to elementop.com, click the Contact Us button at the top of the page, answer the world's hardest CAPTCHA, fill out the form there uh, that uh, uh, will send an email directly to my inbox. And I will read that before I read anybody else's email. You. Get tie priority, you the listener, um, to this show. Jenda, thanks for coming in, uh, hanging out for uh, for most of the show that wasn't supposed to be. We appreciate that. If you want to be as cool as Jenda, you can join us each week live in our uh, chat room uh, and watch us live on the YouTubes at elementop.com slash live. If I say the word live often enough, you'll get that live is when you can go to elementop.com slash live and watch the live show. Um, and... Uh, we, we appreciate that. Tell us, know, let us know what's on your mind. You can do it live like Jinda did at elementop.com slash live. Uh, or you can do it through the contact us button at the, at elementop.com. Um, let us know what you think. So we, we gave you uh, two things here uh, that are sort of big problems facing the world today. What do you think? Um, are you one who thinks that personal responsibility is overrated? Probably not listening to the show if you're one of those. Um, <laughs> Are you one of those who think that uh, we have lost that battle? I mean, is it the the children of the millennials who are going to have to clean up this mess? Because Xers raise the millennials badly, and and it's going to have to be their children. Turns out millennials, as they get older, are becoming some of the most sensible people on the planet. Um, it's 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 interesting to read some of the statistics about they're uh, they're much more sensible about debt. They're much more uh, aggressive about savings. Uh, they drink less because they live in a world of of constant media, and they don't want their drunken antics to be recorded. Um, that that was a new. I didn't read the article. I just read the headline. I liked it, so I shared it. Uh, but I haven't read the article um, uh, that I saw this week. Uh, but interesting. It may be interesting to see that it may be the children of the millennials that have to clean up this mess because the children of the boomers didn't do it right. Um, 
So anyway, what do you think? LMOP.com. Let us know. You can send an email to geekrant at elementop.com, or you can dial 559-IMOP and leave us a voicemail, and we'll probably play it right here on the show because, let's face it, we're desperate. We haven't had one in a year or more. <laughs> so uh, check us out. Um, that's all I got to say about that. If you want to throw money at us, pay for what you like, people. Do you like this show? Throw me a buck or two. I, I always feel a little dirty doing this part of the show like i'm begging like i'm some sort of street busker with my guitar case open and singing la bamba on the on the subway uh sidewalk but the fact is this show cost me money every year i mean and this time of year i'm very sensitive to it because i just paid for domain renewals and and uh, uh web hosting the show cost me money every year it's not a ton of money but it cost me money do you like it do you want to see it continue? The only way this show is going to continue is if you pay enough that it doesn't cost me money anymore. So far, I've been break even every year. I've even made money a couple of years. I think last year, what was it, Seth? I made about 200 bucks. Something I split like it between you and Miles. Uh, I think I sent you each a Big Mac. Um, <laughs> congratulations to that. Uh, but anyway, pay for what you like. And I hope you like the show. Pay for it. Pay it forward at the very least. The share... <laughs> Share is the is is powerful in the in today's economy. We we, we want to be shared first so we can win whatever that means. That's right. Yeah, if you share us, an angel gets its wings. Uh, something like that. I read it on the internet, so it has to be true. Um. Anyway, thanks for listening, Seth. Thanks for uh, coming and doing the show that that wasn't supposed to be. I will not be here next week, so our first show will be the second week of April. Uh, the next week is my birthday, by the way. Um, if you want to throw a little extra money as a result of that, you're welcome to do that. Um, but I'll see you. We'll see you on, I guess the, uh, pull up my calendar here. Seventh is the next time we will grace each other's electrons. Uh, listening audience. Thanks for hanging out. Jenda. Thanks for being in the chat room and we'll see you next time. Cause that's it for this episode of the geek rant. And remember, pay for what you like and be personally responsible. <laughs>